Hello everyone and welcome to episode 28 of the Switchaboo podcast. My name is Alex Harding. It feels good to say that again, actually. I've been gone for a little bit, but it's good to be back. Welcome and back. Yes, thank you. And I hope everyone enjoyed the Nintendo Direct discussion. So thank you. Uh, first off, I've got Nathan, my co-host. Hello again. And the cynical guy, Jake Mouncy. Hello. Uh, apologies for the dogs barking in the background. I think we're used to it at this point. I think it, it comes with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's, part, it's part of the charm. <laughs> but this, in. Well, yeah. Um, this episode, we've got a bit of news to talk about, a little bit of catching up. We won't touch on the Nintendo Direct because you can go back to the Nintendo Direct discussion. We uh, Nathan and Jake went through that entire entire thing, you know, top to bottom. That was really good, really good discussion. So you can go and listen there. Um, but some tidbits have dropped like from the week or so that that happened so there there is quite a bit to talk about for sure uh let's jump into what we've been playing nathan i'm let's hear your nintendo fact first and we'll go with there because i'm really keen to talk about one of the games we've both played yes uh so uh i'm actually gonna go purely because chrono cross has now finally been announced for the switch i'm gonna do a couple of facts on chrono cross (laughs) i might actually play it it's it's good uh so one of the characters um is Nikki is a rock star? It's a reference to Nikki Sticks from Motley Crew. Nah, that's cool. In Japan, the character's name is Slash. <laughs> that's perfect. But that's also a reference to the English name Soyasu from Chrono Trigger, which is in turn a reference to Slash. I lo- love it. That's pretty rad. Yep. Um,. The characters Chrono, Mull, and Luca from Chrono Trigger can have a cameo appearance on like the main beach, like where you travel between dimensions, using the astral amulet, and you can talk to them. So there's 3D models of them? I believe. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure you see them further in the story as well, as in their model forms. Okay. And then um, Magus, the character from Tr- Chrono Trigger... He was supposed to make an appearance as a playable character, but was scrapped because they thought his complex backstory would be too hard to fit into the game. Hmm. And was eventually replaced by like a magician guy called Gael, which looks very similar. So people are like, oh, is it the same person under like in disguise? But obviously there's reasons behind it. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of that went over my head because I haven't played Chrono Cross, but I assume it was interesting as well for, for Chrono Cross fans. I Chrono know enough well. about chrono uh chrono trigger to you know get what's going on yeah yeah kind of piece some of it together <laughs> yeah but um i will cover our shared game last because i figured that way i can we can slide into you from mine mm. that makes sense um, to start off recently i've been playing the triangle strategy demo getting ready ha- for the release haven't gotten around to this yet how is it Lots, lots, and lots of story. I've heard that. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's actually really good. Like, you know, the combat is relatively well designed. I'm interested to, and you can actually. I've come across to a point where you can XP grind. So there's there's basically mental battles where you. That's where you can use you know catch up characters who are behind and stuff. So it's a way to you know hit your level cap with so you can get to you know higher levels for uh, the story when it comes out that's cool um that also gives you rewards and stuff and that's and 
you know how when you did the backstabs or the combo attacks, how you got a little, hey, plus one thing? Yeah. That is actually a currency you can use in the game. Oh, cool. Interesting. So yeah, like the more strategic you play, the more of that currency you get. That's interesting. Yeah. It's it's definitely one to keep an eye on if you like well Octopath or if you like strategy games. Yeah, that's and that's a big thing. Like I'm you guys are obviously the RPG guys, but I still do like my RPGs. I prefer turn-based RPGs rather than strategy. How does it go? Is it quite complex or is it beginner friendly? It's relatively beginner friendly, but like you can't get more in depth with, you know, say I know there was, um, say you make it rain on a certain, like you make wet, uh, like a water spell on a certain tile and then you do lightning, it does more damage. Okay. So like, it's got that kind of strategy to it. Yeah. It's like environmental effects and, you know, having the higher ground gives you more damage or, you know, if you're an archer from higher up, you've got more range. Ah, yeah. 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 So it's, it's a lot of environmental things that you can take advantage of okay yeah i I don't want to start the demo and then once the game comes out i'm not going to have time to play it yeah which is like i want to i want to know like i want to have like a good month or two with it but (laughs) having a good month or two with any one game is quite difficult yes yes definitely is um so I recently tested positive to, you know, the thing that's going around. Welcome oh, to the group. And um, during that time, I started playing One Piece Pirate Warriors again. Because ah. <laughs> it was which... on uh, Game Pass. Ah, I didn't actually know that. Yeah. Which uh, which one? Four. That, that's four. four. Yeah, that's yes. the most recent one, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. The yeah. one with uh, the original story, Wano. Ah, okay. Because um, the... Wano's still going. Which is the Japanese island? Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's a game we had a review. F- we reviewed that game. Uh, Charles, who no one has ever heard of, because he did one review and then just did not speak to us again after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> this very was a strange. game that came out when COVID started. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, because it came out at the same time as Persona Five Royal. It sure did. I remember you talking about it all the time during my royal streams. Because I got uh, I got them early because EB Games went like, okay, we're going into lockdown. Uh, these games that you can collect early. That's pretty cool. I didn't yeah. actually know they did that. Yeah, they did. Because it was like, um, I think I got Persona 5 Royal three days early. And Jake was oh, no. there like, really? <laughs> yeah, I was so mad. <laughs> I wonder how that went with, like, embargoes and whatnot. That would have been an interesting time. I was reviewing at that time. What did I... What was I doing at that time? And it's not important. Not important. Anyway, that that was a good game to go back and revisit. It's a lot of just... That's my popcorn game. Turn on my brain (laughs) and have fun. Yeah. It is a a Musa. That's kind of the whole point. Which is why I'm looking forward to Fire Emblem Warriors. Which is to an extent probably the first time you've ever said that. <laughs> well, to be fair, I was excited for Fire Emblem Warriors when it first came out, and then I played it, and then I'm like, "Why is everyone that's wording an X playing the exact same?" 
<laughs> so I'm cautiously excited. There you go. Hopefully, you know, they'd give it the Hyrule Warriors treatment, not the Fire Emblem Warriors treatment. Yeah, true. Just... Get to the get to the good game. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you want to talk about it as well. Rise of the Third Power. It's so good. Uh, so this is why I haven't been able to talk about anything that I've been playing for the last two episodes, because I was under embargo and I was playing this. It's so good. And... If it wasn't for those small little things, I would be giving this a ten out of ten. Yeah, I can see that. There, I and I do, I do agree with a couple of little nitpicks. If you if you want to see the full review, it's on our YouTube page, uh, YouTube channel at the moment. But yeah, it's the concept of it is so like so interesting, and the the characters have a lot of personality, which is really good for an RPG. That is the strongest point: is the characterization. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, one of the things that I've noticed is characters, like, there's in-party, like, disagreements, and it continues on. It's not like everything's sorted straight away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the combat's really good. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Like, I was very surprised by that. And, like, I noticed straight away, as soon as I, you know, in that first, uh, in that first section when you're in the castle, and you start playing, and as soon as I got into the first couple of combat sequences, I'm like, "This is really good." And it's visually, hard. It's... the effects are really awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's like a lot of 2D on 3D planes, and that looks that, and that looks really nice as well. I reckon yeah. this is this is definitely a sleeper hit. Oh, hundred percent of 2022 for sure. And it's it came out what two weeks ago, or like a week and a bit ago. Yeah, somewhere around that point. I think it's like the tenth or something. So the the dev team here is two people. One is it does, really? yep. One does the story and the characters and the dungeons. One does the coding and like the battles, like system and stuff. I didn't know wow, that. And that then, that's impressive. But then they, you know, um, they've outsourced music and art. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But but like, yeah, one person does all the coding or the battle system and all that, and then the other person does the characters, the story, and all that uh, like stuff. That's so impressive. Yeah, like I, I joined their Discord to you know get a little bit of help with the travel that I had. Yeah, just because I couldn't see anything, I was like, yeah. If you know what you're looking for, it's easy. But if you don't know, it's it's really hard to f- know what you're looking for. Yeah, that was that was one where I had because I remember you told me it was in that specific section and. Yes. I thought, oh, I can, I can ask Nathan, but like, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try to look around. And I just clicked on everything, and I was like, hey, I got it. Yeah, and yep. I'm like, oh, that was that was luck. That was just luck that I got that. Yeah, I did that with one thing um, further on the game where you have to play spot the difference. I can't remember where I'm up to that. that I just got be. it's in a, it's in a um, unique dungeon. Okay, I just got Natasha. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, in the, my party, uh, the assassin rogue. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so I think I'm on chapter six out of eight. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, I think you get the last character in chapter seven. Okay, so I'm pretty close. Yeah, to that then. That's good. Yeah, it's it's uh, you get it in the um the last country you go to. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've just started moving around the the world map. I've just started being able to have a bit more freedom there which is good that's where things get interesting because you can do a lot of the side story um missions where you get character specific 
um, items for their last upgrade. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So like, um, what it, so the upgrade system, like you're not buy, you don't buy better weapons every time. You basically have a permanent upgrade, which you just go, okay, put this much materials in and now it's better. So you don't have to go to the shop and go, oh, I need to buy more things every time I go in. It's not a gold, you know, bravely default. How you have to buy new weapons and new armor every single time you go to a new shop. Yeah. It's actually like a, hey, I need to buy gold to upgrade this. And now I've got a permanent yeah. stat boost. Okay. Yeah. And then, so everyone has that, which then also gives them additional uh, points to go towards the um, character leveling, like a chart. It is, re- it is really good that way. And I like the exhaustion. Yes, which makes you try out different characters. Yeah. So for for context, Jake, so when you use a certain... So if you get a sneak attack on a... Like a sneak approach on an enemy, you then have the ability to choose which characters you want to fight. And then through that, if you continue to use the same characters, their exhaustion meter will go up. So you have to continuously swap out characters so they don't get too exhausted. Oh, I like that. I like that because that yeah. that is a uh, that is a very common trap for uh, a lot of RPGs that have like pretty large uh, party sizes. Like you'll end up just sticking with the same like three or four people, and just yeah, the others will just like never see battle at all. Exactly, and you and there are some like characters are good for certain situations. Like I always use Ariel for when there's multiple enemies because she has like most of her abilities attack all of like all enemies. Whereas like if it's only a couple, I put Karina and I don't know, couple, I don't know which one. Rowan. Uh His I don't really like shot. using Rowan. Yeah, I t- I try not to use Rowan too much, but yeah, he's okay. What's the What's the dark and broody character again? What's his name? Aiden. Aiden. That's it. Yeah. There's always see, a dark and broody character. See, I use, um, for just your multi mooks, I use Aiden, Ariel, and. Why well, can't I remember? Um, what's the priest again? Rainer. Rainer. I use them. So I use the uh, Aiden's. Do you like the health debuff thing where it like, drains the oh, health? Oh, plague. No, not plague. Oh, yeah, plague. Is that the one where it sends yeah. out rats and stuff? That's the one. Yeah, I do that on a uh, party wide, like enemy party wide. Then do the cannon shot that yeah. hits all of the enemies, and then I do the light burst from the sky that hits all the enemies. And then I do if there's any alive, I just do the um, the plague attack where it goes explodes on them, and that's yeah. kill them all. Yeah, that usually does it. And if it doesn't, I then swap out uh, one of them for, like, Karina or something. Yeah. Which is a bit more um, single enemy focused. Yeah. Like, it's such a great yeah, game. Yeah, ju- just hearing that gives me uh, Final Fantasy X vibes, where each character has their own niche. Yes, yeah, yes, for 100%. Sure. Yeah, like, Titus is good for, like, the faster enemies. Waka can fight flyers. Uh, Orin is good for heavily defensed enemies. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's mm. got stuff like that. Like, um, the character Natasha that um, Alex just got, she marks enemies, which gives you guaranteed crits. Oh, yeah. that sounds so fun. 
Yeah, it is. It is so good against bosses. Yeah, it would be. I haven't. And, I haven't encountered a boss with Natasha yet. So, and she like she has attacked when an enemy is marked. It does extra damage, which can easily go over a thousand damage. Ooh. Okay, I'll try practicing with her a bit more. <laughs> that sounds she, handy. She also has the ability to uh, add poison damage to uh, weapons, which stacks yes. poison attacks. Yes, that yeah, I've been using that one for sure. And, and she has, I think, when you give her, I think at a certain point, you can give her a ten percent chance to act again. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's a later ability. Yeah, do you have to unlock that in this tree? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. it's it's either in the tree or it's in um her alternate weapon. Okay. Which uh every character has an alternate weapon which changes how they play somewhat. Yes. Ah. So example, um Ariel the princess. Uh one of hers is her cannon shot does less damage, but her AoE attacks do a lot more damage. Mm-hmm. Which changes or... how you how you strategize with her. Yeah, or um, Karina, which she's hers is um, her attacks do less damage, but her bleed attacks do more. Yeah, I, I activated that one. So like, there's there's basically it's ways to alternately play the character, which you know then you can focus on different ways to play. And on oh. top of all, on top of all that, it's set in a it's set in a story that's based on the the events leading up to World War Two, in yes. a fantasy setting. The Age of Exploration, basically. That's it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so, it's you know, so good. Pirates and all that. So yes, I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, because you've had it for about a month now, I reckon. Over a month. Yeah, I I got it on like the fifteenth of the of January. That's right. I was yeah, like, oh, I, I got this early. I love and Dangan then, Entertainment for that. They're yeah. really good for that. Yeah, but yeah, definitely this is a get this game if you have the chance. Even yeah. at full price, it is a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Dangan Entertainment also did Bug Fables. Yes, um, and then this is by a group called Stegosoft, which did Arafel. Which is, if yes. you've heard of it, very similar. Yes, yeah, very similar. I think I, I don't think it reviewed as well, but I have heard some really good things about Arafel as well. Again, characterization from what I've seen is really good. Nice. Which, what's her name? I think Pixie Freaking Sticks is what she is on Twitter. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> she, her, tw- uh, she's on Discord and on Twitter, Pixie Freaking Sticks. <laughs> okay sure yeah she's okay. the she's the author oh okay okay yeah that's awesome any any final things you want to say about rise of the third power just the characterization is like probably the strongest thing i've seen in recent times yeah and i I've, i would back that up i would agree that's it's a phenomenal game and check out the review as well. That's on our, like I said, that's on youtube.com slash twitchaboo. Check also, that one out. Also, there's a lot of puns in the port names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Port Cullis. That's it. Yeah, Shut I up. just got up to Port Cullis. <laughs> Shut or up. Portmanteau. Which one's that one? Portmanteau. I don't think I'm up to that one yet. 
It's it's um if you go on the world map you can actually see them. Oh okay. Yeah, there's there's one portmanteau. Alright, I'll do that later. <laughs> that was my that was when I saw it first, I'm like Yep. <laughs> I, I like this game. Um so that was one of the games I've been playing. So I've just other than that I've been playing Kung Fu Kickball, which came out uh on the, I think the same day. As Rise of the Powers, like the 10th or the 11th of February. I believe so, because we talked about it on the episode before. Yeah, uh, prior break. to that. Yes. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's Don't don't go in expecting anything too complex. Uh, like, from a story perspective, there's, or lack thereof, there's pretty much nothing. Um, but it's, I was in, for the last two and a half weeks, I was in Colombia uh, with, my, with my girlfriend's family, and... It's hilarious because I speak almost no Spanish, um, only very very basic Spanish. So when her, like when I met her cousins and everything, they you know they didn't speak any English. So I was like, what can we do? So I brought out Kung Fu Kickball, and we didn't say anything. We just started playing, and they instantly got it. It's very easy to pick up and play, uh, and there's a lot of customization as well. But it's basically just two D soccer with Kung Fu. That's neat. Pretty much all I can say about it. It's a lot of fun. It's just mindless fun. Video games connecting people without, you know, like bypassing language barriers. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. There's Fidget no arms. There's no <laughs> there's no dialogue whatsoever. You just go in there and start kicking. And, and you don't the need to other... explain things. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty self-explanatory. And the other thing I've been playing is, the other game is Infernax. This one came out, I think, about five or six days ago from recording, so about the 15th. Uh, it's a Metroidvania, like, more Castlevania uh, type of action platformer. It's it's really, it's, it's a lot of fun, uh, but it's not too complex. I think Nintendo Life gave it 9 out of 10 as well. It's on Game Pass, Ooh. too, actually. Uh, yeah. It's very, it's very rudimentary. Like it, it's very uh, inspired by the early Castlevania games. Probably like more Super Castlevania. Probably, um, it's not very, yeah, it's not very unique, but it's a lot of fun. It's very well made, and the battle animations are really, really cool. As well as because like sometimes it goes into whether you want to, uh, like whether you want to kill or whether you want to help. So like it has kind of those um, morality segments where you have to guess or you have to choose where like which path you want to go down right. which is really cool it's a nice addition and the artwork on that's really really good so i'd i would definitely recommend infernax we had a giveaway for it as well which went uh which went live i mean by the time this has been published they it's already ended but uh check out our twitter twitter page as well because we do giveaways all the time for these Isn't things it literally so. ending right now uh, ah, yeah. yes. Yep, 7.30. That's when you said you were going to post the winners. That's it. All right. Uh, that's all my games. Let's, pa- <laughs> let's pause this for two seconds. Yeah, pause it for you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, and Jake, what have you been playing? All right, so... Uh- uh, we uh, we didn't get to talk about this game because it actually uh, it came out the day that we were recording the last podcast. So yeah, we didn't get to really talk about it. 
uh, I've been playing uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, did any of you guys get to play it at all? I ordered it while I was in lockdown, and it only got to me last week, and I have not had time. Yeah. Oh, brutal. I I have played a little bit, probably not as much as the other games. Yeah. Uh, but I have played it. It's it's good. I'm glad you like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really do not like Pokemon Legends Arceus. I really yeah, right. don't. I don't think uh, making Pokemon into an open world game works. It, it, it it's it's tricky. Yeah, like I I think for me, it's it's the fact that it feels like the game kind of forgot that it's supposed to be Pokemon. Yeah, yeah I can see. Yeah, because like, like you you spend so much time just sneaking around and you know just catching Pokemon willy nilly that um when you actually do get into a pokemon battle it feels like a punishment for screwing up the stealth i get that yeah like not an actual part of the uh part of the game like there there is stuff about it that i do like like i i like the fact that you can just swap around what uh moves your pokemon has so they don't permanently Mm. lose the skill if you have uh four and you're about to learn a new one and uh you know instead of tms you can just talk to someone it's like hey teach my teach my pokemon false swipe it's like that's that's pretty cool i do enjoy that it does take the the franchise into a different direction i feel like it does some things really well but other things it is quite a bare bare world Mm. like there's not much going on yeah it is very empty as well yeah and like the uh i think a lot of people are having fun just sequence breaking the game yeah yeah Yeah. like my brother's been doing that (laughs) (laughs) another thing that kind of irks me is like you know the strong style agile style move thing it's like they don't really seem to impact gameplay as much as you'd think it would I yeah, I thought exactly the same thing as well. Yeah, it's like I I'd always pick strong style moves, and it always like seems like it does the same amount of damage as like just a normal move. Yeah, or or I've clicked agile sometimes, and it's supposed to make you go quicker, but then you but then I look at the upcoming moves, and nothing changes. Yeah, yeah, like it's like well, why would I do a weaker attack if it's not going to give me any benefit? Yeah, like e- even if you have a Pokemon that is like super fast. It doesn't change the turn order at all. It's just kind of meh. But, like, one thing that kind of bugs me the most about uh, Legends Arceus is the boss battles. You mean the sand-throwing contest? Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the whole point of it is, like, if you haven't played, it's like, oh, big Pokemon, like, attack you, like, Monster Hunter style. And you're supposed to, like, dodge roll and throw food at them until they calm down. But, like, there's a part of it where, like, they'll stagger a bit and you're supposed to throw your Pokemon in. And then uh, you do a fight with the Pokemon and then afterwards they take more, you know, exhaustion damage or whatever it is when you throw stuff at them. Thing is, you can just completely forget about that and just continue to throw stuff at it. And it's actually faster. I didn't yeah. know that. That's a bummer. Yeah, it is significantly faster to just do that and forget the battles. So, like, it really does feel like uh, Pokemon battles in this Pokemon game were kind of an afterthought. Hmm. 
And yeah, I feel it's a step. I feel like it's a step in the right direction, but they need to do so much more. Yeah, with yeah, it like in order to make it viable. Like a normal, like a normal Pokemon game, like you know, Gen Four or Gen Five, whatever. But with this, like sneaking around, throwing Pokeballs at things, kind of gameplay, I think mm. that would work. Yes, that would work. But the way that they've presented it in this doesn't really gel well i agree with that yeah, in my opinion like i <laughs> i had more fun with pixelmon which is a minecraft mod that adds pokemon <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that exists oh and yeah and that is like an even more drastic clash because like at times it's like oh the pokemon stuff gets in the way of the minecraft stuff and then the minecraft stuff gets in the way of the pokemon stuff but yeah, that is is kind of a shame that uh it kind of came out like that. Like I I can see what they're doing, but it needs more work. It does. Yeah, yeah. It definitely does. I feel like Game Freak have been doing this for a while. They need to I mean, if they're outsourcing their remakes like with um Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl, then I feel like they need to you would you would think with that with not having to deal with that that stuff, they can focus on this stuff more. Hence, why Legends RCS came out. But I think they need to invest a little bit more in their game development to have that. Or it, it, I mean, it could be a, a hardware issue as well because mm. they're not very good at optimizing their games. Yeah. Like, and I would have thought Nintendo would have helped out a bit with that with optim with optimization because compare that to, for example, compare that to Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which comes out soon. That game is gorgeous yeah. yeah it's not probably not as big in terms of open world but there's some large areas in uh from what it looks like in kirby and it's so colorful yeah and it looks, and it looks so clean yeah it looks full it looks like there's stuff to do in it exactly exactly so i think i'm surprised nintendo i mean they might but i'm surprised they don't get more assistance from nintendo to help better optimize their games mm. Because this is new. This is new territory for Game Freak. They don't do open world games. Yeah, yeah. Sure so don't. like, it, so it, feel... yeah, it could also just you know just be growing pains of like just turning the RPG fran uh, franchise into an open world game. Yeah. But... Well, time time will only tell whether they go whether they continue on this route. I mean, sales wise, it's gone nuts. Oh yeah, because everyone wants an open world Pokemon game. We finally got it, so they're going to play it regardless. Yeah, yeah well, that's exactly right. I think it was in this first week it was like 6.5 million, yeah, which is just something insane like that, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yes. So it's like already triples Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which makes me kind of sad. Hey, you're still getting a third one. Yeah, I am. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, lucky year. I wish I was excited for Xenoblade. I've heard there's also potential <laughs> DLC for Arceus for um, leaks and stuff that's happened. Yeah, there's been there's been bits and pieces a here. Pretty, and there. A pretty um, consistent, like actual, ac uh, accurate leaker. I think they yeah <laughs> they what was it? They do like riddles and stuff to like that has the information, but is hard to work out properly what it is. Right, nah. so they don't, you know, get into legal trouble. Yeah, so they don't get caught as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny. But yeah, like Legend Sarsius has been like leaking like crazy, like even before it came out. 
we knew all the new uh Hisuian forms of things. And some boy do Boy do Palkia and Dialga look so bad. That's what I was gonna point out. <laughs> they look like weird uh, centaur versions of themselves. They really showed off the uh, the good ones in the pre-release stuff, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Marketing. Oh, it's pretty bad. But uh, uh, something else that I've been uh, playing recently that has kind of been consuming my life recently. Uh, I finished. I uh, recently finished streaming Chroma Squad. Have you heard of Chroma Squad before? It's cu- it's a couple of years old, so I sure have because I watched you play it on the stream. <laughs> you sure did, but yeah, I feel I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. So Chroma Squad is a indie game made by the team that made Knights of Pen and Paper. It is uh, yeah, okay. It is a tactical RPG about making your own Sentai TV show. okay yeah like the games uh the game's title specifically if i can uh find it uh chroma squad tactical rpg inspired by saban's power rangers that's (laughs) technically the full title of the game oh my goodness (laughs) so yeah because of this i've been on a huge power rangers kick but uh yeah sure uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah this this game is really fun it is really fun because like it, it just it knows how stupid uh power rangers can be especially with you know just the changes from the japanese show like into a western show because power rangers mm. is super sentai initially isn't it yeah 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 is uh actually speaking of which uh <laughs> fun power rangers fact uh, today is actually the 30th anniversary of Kyoryu Sentai's Ranger, which is the, uh, Sentai, uh, series that got adapted into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Huh. Fun fact. Mm. Fun fact. Neat. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah. But yeah, like, it, it is, it, it is, uh, it is fun because, like, you can, uh, customize your own team, you can make them, uh... Yeah, yeah. You can customize your own team. You can make them whatever colors you want. So you can have like a really weird mismatched uh, Sentai team of like brown, gray, uh, purple, magenta, purple, and black. <laughs> it's just like colors that don't really work together. And uh, like uh, a thing that I really like is like the game also has multiple endings. Is, uh, I I actually it's not expected. yeah I actually like uh read up how it, uh how it works uh today actually because I got uh because uh, I got what is called like the sixth ranger ending so like <laughs> so yeah we got like our green ranger our uh Tommy Oliver <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah I was looking up on it it's like oh one of the uh uh. Uh, one of the other endings uh, is a reference to like VR Troopers, which is another Sentai show that Saban turned into like another Power Rangers type show to you know sell stuff. And the third uh, ending actually turns the uh, turns the game into Kamen Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but yeah, like like it's fun, but like the writing can be kind of obnoxious. At times, yeah, 
because uh, it, it gets like very uh, self-referential uh, self and um, also has like just a lot of internet meme humor in it, <laughs> which can get very grating. Also very like, dated. One... Yeah, yeah. Like one of the bosses is straight up just Colin's Bear. Have you heard of Colin's Bear before? Because I had to explain this to my chat since they're children. But yeah, like, there's also, like, another boss that is just, like, a grotesque Spongebob. <laughs> like, it, it even has, like, a snail that is just Gary on its head. It is, like, it is so on the nose that, like, it's dented the nose itself. <laughs> it's just, it does not take itself seriously from the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, but, like, it is a good game, but, yeah, the, uh, uh, the writing can be a bit annoying, but... Yeah, if you if if you like Sentai or Power Rangers and stuff, I'd say check it out because like it is actually really fun at times. And that's Battle for the Grid. Uh, no, no Chroma Squad. Squad. <laughs> you mentioned Power Rangers. I thought you were up to that. Well, <laughs> yeah, Chroma, Chroma, Squad. Chroma Squad is power is inspired by Power Rangers. Segway. But, uh, yes. Okay. So yeah. Segwaying. Okay. A forced so, yeah. segway. <laughs> A forced segway no. into the third game. Uh, so yeah, continuing my little uh, mini obsession of Power Rangers recently, I uh, recently got myself a fight stick. Uh, just so, uh, just specifically because um, uh, I. I might be the only person on the team that plays fighting games more than not at all. <laughs> so yeah. it's there for like uh, future review purposes and all that. So I thought, oh, I should get a game to test it out. So I decided to get Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, which is the Power Rangers fighting game. And uh, I, after like skimming through the uh, instructions on how to actually get the uh, controller working and all that, I find out that Power Rangers has simplified controls, so a fight stick is completely useless. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the thing. But, you're, but you've um, got it ready for a game in the future. Yes, yes, yes. But um, uh, yeah, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is made by a oh, I can't remember the team, but like they're a small team that worked on a mobile Power Rangers fighting game as well. So, like, when it first came out, people were kind of, eh, about it. Mm. But then, like, after a while, it's like, oh, they they, they just made Marvel vs. Capcom, but with Power Rangers. Yeah. It is straight up just Marvel vs. Capcom with Power Rangers. And I'm bad at Marvel vs. Capcom, so I get destroyed by the CPU. Like, <laughs> even on, like, it, it is so bad. It's like, if you don't block one attack they will combo you to death anyway incorporated it is it is i believe so yes i believe that's a team but um I, I i think one of my favorite things about this game is just like they know that they just made marvel versus capcom to the point where uh one of the dlc characters is the quantum ranger from spd which uh who was played by why am I blanking on his name? But uh, he plays Virgil in Devil May oh, Cry, who is nah. the most uh, overpowered character in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And they even gave him like voice lines that just reference the fact that he plays Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> I need more quantum power. Like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like uh, despite 
you know, being awful at it, I am having fun just because, you know, I've just deep dived into Power Rangers. Like, oh, look, it's that character from that season. <laughs> as long as it works. It works. It, it is really confident. I, like, once I actually get somewhat good at it, I'll probably stream it. Nice. Yeah, that's, just, and that's, that's what the I've challenge, though, is getting good at a fighting game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takes a lot of dedication. Uh, so, we'll move on to the news. We've got a bit to talk about there. Uh, first up, though, uh, remember, you can get this podcast two to three days early on our Patreon for just $1 per month. It all goes towards supporting the website, paying our writers, keeping everything running so we can continue to do what we love doing. And if we reach $100 per month, we reach that goal, we'll make the podcast a weekly show. So it's currently fortnightly at the moment, so you'll be getting double the amount of content, which is awesome. Also, you get to have priority in our question time. That is also true. That too. Yes. So moving on the first part here. So we've got... Let me open up this link, sorry. The Nintendo's, the Nintendo's... third quarter financials. Yes. So this... Oh yeah, because that happened... A little while ago. This happened been... when we went on our break, like a couple of days after our last recording. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> My bad. It, it, it always happens. The it big always news happens. always shows up once we finish an episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh, without without doubt. Or while uh, we're recording. But the, the main bit of information is the Nintendo Switch has now outsold the Wii. At 103.54 million. Damn! Which was previously for the Wii 101.63. Yeah, so nice and, comf- nice and comfortably uh, overtaken there. So Nintendo Switch is now Nintendo's best-selling home console. Also, um, um, a lot of OLED models sold. Yeah, yeah, just shy of 4 million, 3.99. Just pretty good. I contributed to one of that one of those numbers, so you're welcome. Part of the problem. Yeah, feel proud. <laughs> yeah, it's pride of the consumer. That's it. That's all I got going for me. But it's. I mean, I I did say Nintendo Switch is Nintendo's best-selling home console, but I suppose it's not when you factor in the Switch Lite. So if you take that number away, seventeen point eight seven million. If you take that number away. Then it kind of isn't. Uh, it's the same console, just different model. I know it's 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 like a it's because it's uncharted territory when it comes to you know Nintendo consoles. So it's just I don't know. I find it interesting. It's like it fits in its own little bubble. Yes, because it, it's Switch. more like a handheld, but has home console features. That's it. Uh, new last quarter editions, so we'll worry where get it together, 1.24 million. Metroid Dread, 2.74 million, so it's just shy of being the best-selling Metroid game ever. Dang. Mario Party Superstars, 5.43 million. Keep buying which, it, please. Yeah, Mario Party. Yeah, it's it's so much better than Superstars. Uh, Super <laughs> Mario Party. I still need to get that. It's, it's pretty good. really good. Hmm. We had Big Brain Academy, Brain vs. Brain, at 1.28 million, which is surprising. It's yeah. it's a fun game. It's definitely one you do with family, honestly. It did have a big marketing push. Yes. I remember, like, Neil Patrick Harris and yeah, his family were... Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. In... 
But <laughs> something kind of sad, 13.97 million for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. That is crazy numbers in the space of like, what, three, no, two months? Yep. That is crazy numbers. Yep. I mean, we'll say in Pokemon Legends Arceus is like probably close to that, if not more than that. Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl was the fastest selling Pokemon game. That makes me sad. It's it's fine. It, but Yeah, it's fine, but it's not fantastic. Yeah. The the developer who got the the rights, the third party developer who got the rights to remake it must be loving life right now yeah. oh yeah i think it's more like, a teething thing for this th- uh, third party developer like they kind of like were restricted and then now that they've shown they can do their work they can kind of branch out a little bit more and you know add more to remakes yeah like wasn't this the the first like full game they actually made like all the other stuff was just helping out and other stuff i'm pretty sure it was pretty much it's also the well, first next one, one not made by Game Freak in any way. Mm. Yep. Next one will be uh, Pokemon Black and White. Please be good. <laughs> Is it just sad, though, that that's getting remade? Well, you know. Eventually. Yeah, hey, but like the, the thought of that getting remade. Because, yeah, Black and White was the first Pokemon games I played when I left school. Yeah. <laughs> so it just makes me feel I was, so old. I was playing it in year 12. Yeah, I think I was year 12 as well. On that. Although, yeah, maybe it was the year after because I was busy playing Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I put so many hours into Heart Gold and Soul Silver. It was so good, Heart Gold and Soul oh. Silver. Shame, yeah, shame we can't check amazing. up on those. Yeah. Something I wanted to point out as well, new Pokemon Snap, like considering on the Pokemon um, discussion, only 2.36 million. But it, it, I mean, that's just for outside of Japan sales, but Japan, you know, add another million onto that maybe. It's about 3 million. Like it still says it's up, but yeah, it's up from the last quarter, but it's still kind of, yeah. Like, that's surprising and kind of sad for, for Pokemon Snap. Like, because, I mean, I suppose the the main Pokemon Snap fan base would have would have grabbed it. But aside from that, it didn't really do well. Yeah. But it's still pretty good. It, yeah. it cracked 2 million. Yeah. Funnily enough, so in the quarter, it sold 0.17 million units. What's that? 17,000 units. Metopia sold twenty six million. Oh, twenty six thousand. Twenty six million. Twenty six thousand. Something. I was gonna say <laughs> something to um, point out with po- new Pokemon Snap though is it's not Japanese sales counted. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's which true. could that bump is the number up a lot. I imagine so, but still, yes. Go Metopia. Yes. The little game that could. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Mario Golf Super Rush 2.26 million. That's as much as it deserves. No, it doesn't. It needs less. Y- yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's such an underwhelming game. And you were surprised that we didn't really care for it when it was well, announced. You were like, yeah, hey guys, watch this video. Guys, guys. <laughs> guys, it's so hype. It's golf. 
<laughs> There's been a lot of golf games I thought Nintendo would have learned from the other ones, but apparently not. The story was so boring. Oh my god. It's only a story in a Mario game boring? Wow. Yeah, but I again, I thought they would have learned. Apparently not. Um, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, 8.85 million. That's pretty good. I mean, Bowser's that Fury is, is really good. another game I still need to get. Yeah, me too. I want to play Bowser's Fury. It's pretty solid. Mm. Yeah. And Skyward Sword, 3.85 million. Yeah. It's about right, I suppose. Yeah. Makes sense. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 43.35 million. And that's before the announcement of all the DLC that's coming. Yep. Yeah, and that's only going to get higher from here. Also, yeah. when does this end? I think this is uh, through to December sales. Yeah. Yeah, so this is through to December, so nothing from 2022. Nah. Uh, what else we got? Animal Crossing New Horizons, 37.62. That's <clears throat> such a... Those two, probably with Smash as well at 27.4, they're your evergreen titles. And yeah. They're your titles that are just going to keep selling. And Breath of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild, yeah, 25.8. That's sold over a million in the quarter. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, Super Mario Odyssey, 23.02. I reckon that deserves more love. That does. That's yeah. really solid. I mean, I say 23.02 million. That's definitely nothing to scoff at. Yeah, that's still huge. But like when you, like, when you think about it, it doesn't feel as big as, you know, all of these other games that we just mentioned. That's it. Um, Game Builder Garage, that got added in 1.01 1. Yes, 1 million. because it, it cracked a million. Hooray! It's, That's the little game that could. It's Labo Evolved. Pretty much. God, I forgot Labo. Yeah, Labo's <laughs> on a Switch. I think Nintendo's forgotten about Labo. They sure did. <laughs> that came and went very quickly. Hmm... We couldn't sell people cardboard. Someone write that down. Write that down and put that as a no. I got it when it was Thanks. like massively reduced down. So I got like yeah. all of them for like 30 bucks. Nice. I just got the variety kit. I was like... And it's it's still boxed. It hasn't been yeah, opened. Yeah, mine's boxed waiting for Jace to be about like seven. Yeah. Or six. Like it would either be this year or next year that I like bring it out to him for Christmas. Yeah, that's what I'm missing. A child. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I was like I'm going to get this for him for when he's a bit older that was three four years ago Um, any any other games want to point out uh, Super Mario Party 17.39 fortunately <laughs> yeah it's because it was the yeah, only Mario Party for the longest time and now the new one's out yeah hey Ring Fit Adventure is still putting out numbers still selling 13.53 yeah. million and it sold well, so math 1.32 million in the quarter. Sure did. That's that's still pretty ridiculous. For a physical only game? Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, for a physical Yeah, not only a physical only game, but a game that makes you physical. Yeah. <laughs> ha. Ugh. You had to get that joke in, didn't you? Yes. Normally that's a me joke. <laughs> um Luigi's Mansion 3 looks like it hasn't sold very many. No, and same with new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which is understandable because that's just the same game. Yeah, let's keep that one there. That's just, that's an average game. 
that's uh, the third quarter wrapped up though, and we get the final quarter in what was it? This came out earlier, so in four months, three months, in three months. I think it's yeah, I think it's normally a three month turnaround. So April. probably because it says April, April through yeah. to December, so we'll get it in April. There you go. That's numbers and months. Damn, that's a massive jump for the like 2021 like i know it's because it was the um covid year but like just how big the sales jump of uh, consoles Mm. and there's a chip shortage sure is thanks crypto (laughs) market yeah it'll do that uh next bit of news the super mario rpg director wants to make a sequel so that'd be pretty cool it'd be cool if they released it out you know, for us to play. Yeah, that would be the nice. original. Have you guys played it? No, no. It's pretty good. I know it was on like virtual console, but again, it didn't actually come out here on the SNES. It, yeah. Well, we got it on the. I played it on the SNES Mini. Yeah, which is so. That's how I played it. Which isn't that like the only way we actually have it? I believe I th- so. Yeah. Wasn't it on the Wii U? Not anymore. <laughs> Oh, sure. We'll, we'll get into that eventually. <laughs> yeah. But I swear it was on the Wii U. Oh, Anyways, look. I played I played it on the yeah, SNES Classic, and it's pretty solid. It's nothing amazing, uh, and especially once you've got... Because um, it uses like your Paper Mario time-specific. Yeah. Uh, and they're pretty wonky. Uh, virtual Console on the Wii and on the Wii U. There you go. No excuse. Yes, there is. Yeah, I didn't have money to spend Australian internet. <laughs> that too, we were young. <laughs> but so, yeah, Fujioka... Sorry, Chihiro... Is that it? Chihiro... Yeah, Chihiro Fujioka. Um, he's been making games since the 80s. And he wants to close out his career with a Super Mario RPG sequel. And I say let him. That would be cool. You'd have to convince Square and Nintendo... Good luck. Well, that's right. Yeah, especially when you've got the... Well, I mean... Now that Alpha Dream isn't around... It could be... Like, now is probably the better time, best time as any. Counterpoint. To make it. You've got to convince Miyamoto to include characters that aren't Nintendo characters. Hey, he's done it before. He's done it once before yeah. with Super Mario RPG. Yeah, and with Paper Mario, but look where Paper Mario's gone now that he's gone, no, it can only have toads and stuff. Yeah. Well, he's busy with the Mario movie, so... Let him just... let him be over there. Yeah, just sneak it by him while he's too busy with the movie. That's it. He's in LA. He's too busy in LA. Uh, Nintendo has seen a spike in digital sales... Um, especially in Q3, which is quite interesting. So, I mean, well, we talked about it before, but Animal Crossing, so that's still selling quite well. So I think Nintendo are putting a lot of focus into DLC and like the Switch expansion pass. Oh, yeah. Which is quite interesting, especially now with Mario Kart 8, Deluxe's DLC being part of that expansion pass. It'd be nice if they, you know, retroactively added the Smash Bros. Fighter Passes. Yeah. That would be good. I think, like, hopefully all of Nintendo's DLC, future DLC, well, and past DLC, comes to the the expansion pass. It'll make it seem more of a viable option. But at the moment, it's kind of like, it's, I don't, I don't know. 
Nintendo need to be a bit more clearer with their intentions, I suppose, with that. Mm. I reckon. And that's where it's struggling a little bit, but... Yeah, I think that's quite interesting. Um, new focus on... Sorry, Nintendo's planning to put a greater focus on new games over evergreen titles. So Maybe we'll get some... ARMS 2, not a fighting game. <laughs> because like the the characters and all that are really interesting just it's a fighting game and it doesn't do well yeah, yeah it's it's got it's got that holding it back and it's it's also not yeah. a great fighting game yeah also very true but i'm i'm excited by the idea of new games and not just focusing on evergreen titles so i reckon you could have a lot of opportunity there yeah one of these days we'll get Mario Kart 9. Just not anytime soon. Just not on the Switch. That's Nah. Yeah. All right, with the DLC, that's pretty much closed Mario Kart 9 off. Also, yeah, clearly. Because that is like a whole game's worth of uh, new tracks. Also, yeah, something double. to point out. It's only like just over 50% of Mario Kart tracks on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe once the DLC's out. It's not that much. It's only like there's over, I think, 170 tracks. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy, and so I think it's what ninety six tracks it will have total. Yeah, ninety six tracks it will have yeah, total. Yeah, ninety six. Like one hundred and seventy something tracks that Mario Kart's ever released. Damn. With I think a lot of them being on a Mario Kart tour, because it Damn. it's a rotating thing. So that makes sense. Damn. <laughs> That's a lot of money. That's a lot of tracks. And this is something... Uh, Jake, do you want to take the next one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Atlas puts up a new Soul Hackers Countdown website, which uh, by the time we're actually talking about this, Countdown is up, I believe, and a few videos have actually come out. Ooh. So, yeah, I have seen... I haven't seen the videos yet, but I've seen screenshots. I know the footage is recorded on the PlayStation versions of the game. Mm. <laughs> they accidentally left a button prompt in there. I, uh, I like how um, this screenshot on the article is four days, 20 hours. <laughs> alright, alright. What Funny. is Soul Hackers? Uh, Soul Hackers is another Shimagami Tensei uh, branch off. Uh, it's okay. uh yeah it is they got a 3ds uh, remake that that's right that's right yeah it's the devil summoner yes uh stuff so so it's i played the original devil summoner like a few months ago on stream it's kind of like a tactical rpg so, so it's Shin Megami Tensei's tactical RPG spinoff. Uh, back on 1997 on the PlayStation with a 3DS remake in 2013 in the West. Yeah, right. At least I believe that's it. Hold on. There's just so many uh, SMT spinoffs. I'm probably getting this one wrong. And then wasn't there also, you know, the Persona, like names that were like leaked through the trademarks 
Uh, yeah, there was some Persona stuff. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at this. This is not the tactical RPG one. Uh, <laughs> God, what was that one that I played? <laughs> Probably another Devil Survivor spin-off. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, looking at this, uh, it is... Yeah, it just seems like uh actually no this is this is more akin to etrian odyssey going by uh screenshots of like the original devil summoner so it's mm. like a dungeon crawler well that's pretty cool turn a queue if you played that <laughs> yeah if you've played that mm. so yeah new soul hackers cool that is cool for anyone who knows what that is. <laughs> that's not... I, I do now. Yeah. So that's like, something. Like, hey, I'm a SMT fan and even I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you have... Uh, so Crunchyroll is now on Switch. Almost five years later. Anime. We like anime. And that's out, that's out now. And on Australian... Uh, servers as well I'll have to because give it a try I know. see if it's actually good. It is pretty good. Uh, the app isn't great. That's what I mean. See if that's actually yeah. good. Yeah, it's better than Funimation. <laughs> you, you know they're merging, right? I know. well, Funimation and Crunchyroll. Yes. No, I mean it's good because their libraries will be merged together. But I yeah. don't know what app they're going to take. Yeah, and, oh, they should have used Anime Labs. Yeah, Funimation so absorbed much Anime Lab and got rid of their app. I don't understand that. That's a horrible business decision. That was actually a good one because you could divide it into, you know, seasonal releases and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so if you want to find something from, oh, when did, what was, you know, that thing I wanted to watch back in, you know, 2012 in the winter, you could go all the way back to that. Yep. Which wasn't that like a big year for anime twenty twelve? Probably. I can't. I can't remember that far back. That's when JoJo All I know is the Wii U came out. JoJo. <laughs> right. Oh God, that was when Sword Art Online started. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Now I'm old. Now I'm old. Damn that. That was um, a long time ago. <laughs> This one's an interesting one. Night Dive Studios wants to re- uh, remaster Eternal Darkness. That so would be cool. According to the news. Sorry? So that would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because, yeah, Cause... like Eternal Darkness is like one of the most unique games that is on the uh, GameCube. I've never played it, and I would play it if it got remastered. I yeah, reckon. Probably and... going to have to change a lot of the. Uh, uh the psychology effects too because like a lot yeah. of them were like hey we're messing with the tv but it's you know like crt ui yeah <laughs> so that would not work no no it wouldn't so it, it would be tricky but i mean night dive night dive studio is the one who did who's done quake turok uh remember the recent shadow man remastered one as uh, well yeah yeah so they that's those that's that team. So apparently they've reached out to Nintendo and have queried about it. But no, apparently they're just Nintendo being Nintendo. I, I have yeah. a slight tangent on this. 
yeah. if you're into Eternal Darkness, um, there's a game coming out called Dead House Sonata. Uh, it's from the creator of Legacy of Cain and Eternal Darkness. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's and it's in progress. So like, it hasn't actually been released properly yet, but you can access like I think a playable demo now. It has like a whole bunch of lore and stuff. So it's H A U S for house. That's a hot scoop. I've, 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 what was the uh, Dead House Sonata? Dead House Sonata. H A U S. This is something I've heard uh, promoted through uh, one of my D and D podcasts. I listened to all the time. Ooh. So like Leg- Legacy of Kane was like one of the players' favorite games, and through that he found out about this, and you know he's now paid to promote the game. Ha! <laughs> I'll. Uh, That's a dream. I'll link it in our Discord, so you guys can see what yeah, I'm I'll talking check. about. Dead House Sonata, here we go. Yeah, narrative-driven action RPG, where you place the undead to fight the living. And creator of Legacy of Canaan Eternal Darkness. Like, just that in itself is going to yeah. sell copies. There's a, a vampire yeah, class, a revenant class, a lich class, banshee class, wraith, ghoul, and white. Fact, really cool. just the fact that it has like a class system i'm totally going to try this out <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure there's a playable demo out now as well if you like buy it which i think this it says it says leading on the pc and will support all major platforms i wonder if that includes a switch and i wonder how it would look on the switch. i believe it's a free-to-play game but like Hmm. Um, there, if you buy, you get access to uh, it early and some of the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of that's a that's a hot take. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news we've got here, which is the saddest news you could possibly end with: the 3DS and Wii U shops are getting the axe in March 2023. So, and I think in. What was it? May? You can no longer add uh, eShop credit? Yes. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Remember when the Wii U wasn't meant to be replaced by the Switch? It was meant to be a third (laughs) pillar? Uh, Classic (laughs) Nintendo. So much for that. Yep. Oh, no. This isn't meant to replace the Wii U. Good Lord. The Wii U died well well quickly after that yeah pretty sure the last big game was the breath of the wild no yeah it was just dance i said last big game (laughs) you know that was still releasing on the wii till like two years ago yeah it the wii it they supported the wii longer than the wii u yep that's hilarious if it was selling i mean clearly ubisoft were doing it for a reason yep so there was an audience for it. That the biggest problem with the Wii U was, apart from the you know it lacked sales, was because of that a lot of publishers all their exclusive stuff. They're like, no, nah, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah, like what was it uh, Rayman Legends that was meant to you know at least release first on the Wii U. Yeah, and then they just not hold it back and release it on everything at the same time. But that That's was right. optimized to have a gamepad in hand. That's right. And you can even see Monster. in the Switch version where it's like, no, this definitely works better with the uh, gamepad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, 
Yeah, this. I mean, it's it's definitely an end of an era. The Wii U doesn't really matter too much, but like there there are downloadable exclusive games. I think it was like with the Wii U and 3DS combined, there was like 600 games. There was a lot that will no longer be available. Yeah, which for video game preservation, it's quite it's quite upsetting. Yes. Yeah. Especially I'm, considering that Nintendo really doesn't like video game preservation. Yeah. The I the video game. I think it's the Video Game History Foundation. I think that's what they're called. I'm probably misquoting, but um, they put out a statement on that because they're huge on video game preservation. Mm. And yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a disappointment to a lot of people. It's understandable from a from a business perspective because, like, but, you, know, you know, if they're not available to be purchased anymore, why is that not you know a thing that's you know allows people to play a game? Yeah, it's. I mean. When you look at Microsoft and Sony with like, well, especially Microsoft, but they like whether they have a lot of backwards compatibility and like a lot of uh, games brought over. When you look at them, when you look at the actual company, Microsoft, they have a bit more technology and know-how yeah. behind all that kind of stuff. So I suppose that's where some of the issue issues arise is the foundations of where these consoles and infrastructures are being built so which is which is is i mean it's no it's not really too much of an excuse really because nintendo should be a bit more responsible with this kind of stuff but i can see why but as was it part of this was it nintendo australia that did this or was it like all nintendo that did the memories thing um I think it was only. I don't know actually. No, no I, th- I think it was. I think it was everyone. So yeah. So you can access um, your history off the Wii U and 3DS. Yeah, yeah. We got some interesting results from that, didn't we? we sure did. Yeah. <laughs> All three of top us three have... for both systems go. Okay, uh, so one thousand two hundred ten hours play time on the Wii U. Uh, my top Impressive. three software on the Wii U, Splatoon for 176 hours, YouTube for 167, and then Mario Kart 8, 150. And for the 3DS, 1,292 hours. And then we've got Bravely Second for 108 hours. I completed that game. Oh, that was a long game. Pokemon X for 106 hours, which I don't even remember spending that much time in the game. Mm. Actually, no, that checks out. That's when I was trying to do competitive stuff. Yeah. And then... How did that go? Uh, not too bad. Mm. But it was, you know, they when they do the competitions in Melbourne for uh, qualifiers for us. Yeah. Yeah, not happening. And then Street Plus, <laughs> Me Plaza, that was 99 hours. Ugh. How amazing was Street Pass? That was really solid. And I actually got the <laughs> DLC for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. They were good times. Simpler times. They sure were. Uh, my Wii U memories, uh, 1,356 hours. Uh, total 97 titles played. Most played software. This is where it gets a little sad. Uh, <laughs> number one is YouTube. 187 hours. Number two is Metroid Prime Trilogy at 142 hours. I have no idea how. I surely must have left my Wii U on 
like over a couple on over multiple nights because that's one of the I ones don't... you can't. I think you can't put on sleep mode. Yeah, yeah, it must be. It must be that because because it was Metro it Prime basically games basically booted up as a Wii title. Yeah, Metro Prime games each can be completed like around easily ten hours, if not less. So I don't know how I've did 142 hours i must have left it on and netflix 133 hours um number four was mario kart 8 so i feel like that should be number three but it doesn't tell you how many hours because of that yeah a lot of people yeah put a lot of hours into that i did Mm. not that's me (laughs) nintendo 3ds this is i put a lot more time on my 3DS, 1,533 hours, 122 titles played. Number one, Bravely Default, 88 hours. Pokemon Alpha Sapphire, 81 hours. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, 79 hours. The 3DS was my RPG machine. Yeah, 3DS was really good for RPGs. Oh, so good. So, so good. And, like, if I'm looking at the other games that are up there, number four is Bravely Seconds. Number six, Dragon Quest Seven. Uh, Pokemon Sun, Fire Emblem Echoes, Pokemon Y, so my number Fantasy Life. was Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. Then it was Bravely yeah. Default. And then Hyrule Warriors Legends, because I liked Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> 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 like we've said before, I like Musou. You do like Musou games, my goodness. And the Mario, like there were like three or four Mario and Luigi games on the 3DS. It was... There were a lot of Mario Luigi games. There were. Also, it's good to see Kid Icarus Uprising on my list. <laughs> I've never played it. I've never played Kid Icarus Uprising. And I don't know how I could go back to it. I, I think it would be a good remake on the Switch. Yeah. Because it has the twin stick feature. Yeah, I feel like it's probably just more made for that control scheme. Yeah. Jake, what are your numbers like? Uh, my numbers, alright, my <laughs> Wii U numbers are pretty sad. Total playtime, 379 hours. Aww. Half of half of that is Netflix. <laughs> because, yeah, half of that is Netflix because I use my uh, Wii U tablet as like a Netflix machine before I got a second monitor. So, so for context like... with Netflix for us... um. Netflix didn't come out in Australia for, I think it was like till 2015. Let me check. Good lord. Yeah, something like that. Um, but basically, uh, it came out at the same time as the Wii U. But because, you know, TVs didn't have it as a thing back then, it was like, it was, oh, Wii U's the easiest way to do it instead of going on the computer. And yeah. you could do it when, um, yeah, it was 2015. Damn, March 24th, 2015. Yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah but, yeah, I like, ha- the <laughs> Wii U, you could watch it on your gamepad while other people are watching the TV. Yep, I I watched Netflix while I was playing other games. I was, I was talking about this before we started the podcast, but I was uh, practicing a level one crit mode run in Kingdom Hearts 2, and I was watching the entirety of Trailer Park Boys on my Wii U gamepad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, the number one uh, thing that's actually a video game uh, that I played on the Wii U was uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions at 68 hours. 
so close. <laughs> You're like, quick, find and, up my Wii U, play it for one more hour. Yeah. And then after that was Smash. Yeah. And, uh, what were the other games that I played? My fucking scroll wheel actually wants to cooperate with me. I'm scrolling down, <laughs> but it's going upwards. Oof. Uh, yeah, next was Mario Kart 8, then surprisingly Xenoblade Chronicles X. For uh, 4 and 5. Well, you have to put a lot of time in that game to actually be able to play it, don't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and after I that never... Was, yeah, after that was Bayonetta at 6. Hey. Bayonetta is cool. Bayonetta but, uh, is cool. But yeah, 3DS completely different. Total play time 1,353 hours. That's so, a better number. Yeah, number one, Fire Emblem Awakening at 222 hours. Then Fire Emblem Fates at number two at 174 hours. Then Pokemon X at 137 hours. Jake, just curious, do you like Fire Emblem? Uh, not really. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I love it. But yeah, uh, my uh, four and five were Smash for the 3DS and Persona Cure. Also, nice. was it back then you did not get a lot of games? No, no, I didn't. Most of the uh, most of the games I actually played on my DS were demos. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, Fire Emblem had a lot of replayability to it, so it makes sense why that yeah, was makes so sense. high. I, yeah, it mm. makes sense why I'd fall in love with uh, Fire Emblem. There you go. Uh, before we move on, there's actually a little bit of news that dropped uh, just now as well. Nothing Ooh. too major, but it could potentially be something major. Uh, Pokemon Day is on February twenty seventh, so that's coming oh, up. Yes. So by the time, by the time this goes live, because that will be on the Friday on all platforms, that'll be the twenty fifth. So some of this information, if you're listening to it today, uh, would have already come out. But the twenty first, you've got uh, Pokemon Masters EX. Or Pokemon Master Sex <laughs> um, news. Yeah, I had to. On the 22nd, we've got Pokemon Sword and Shield news, whatever that might be. 23rd, we've got Pokemon Cafe Mix. 24th, Pokemon Unite, Jake's favorite game. Yeah. Pokemon, uh, February 25th, uh, P25 Music. So, I don't know. Pokemon Music. Are we in the 26th there. year at this point? I have no idea, to be last honest. last year was the whole big 25 years. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. But it, I don't know. I'm just reading what it says. P, P25 music. Uh, February 26th is Pokemon Go news. And February 27th is actual Pokemon Day. So um, I think last year we got a direct, did we? Yes. That's yeah. showed off a brilliant diamond shining pearl from memory. I think you're right, yeah. So, yeah, we did, could be getting when we a first Pokemon announcement. That's when we first got the art style off and... Ah, yeah. And the internet went crazy. But it still sold nearly 14 million units. Well, it probably has by now. Well over. So, take that, everyone. Uh, but we... I mean, my... If I was a betting man, I'd put money on... On the 27th in a direct, I'd put money on Pokemon Legends Arceus DLC. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but only time will tell. Oh, yeah, I thought let's go, uh, silver and gold. Ah, we can dream. We can dream because it's about time. Uh, and be heart gold souls. Who would be the next games on the list to be remade? I love those games so much. 
Moving on to the indie roundup. So this is where the section, this is the section of the podcast, sorry, where we highlight a few upcoming indie titles that are being released, whether they are, whether there's a lot of hype around them, or whether we just believe there should be a, they should be receiving a bit more attention. The first one that caught my eye was on the 24th of February, an NPC's Odyssey. So this is another story of the hero gathering his friends to defeat the devil and save the world. But our protagonist is not the hero himself, but an ordinary, unlucky NPC. The reason for his journey is simple, because the hero took the money from his house. To find the hero and get money back, our journey has begun. I just thought this was a neat little concept. It's only five US dollars, so I don't expect it to be, you know, a big game. That explains the combat um, visuals, where uh, (laughs) your team is just text boxes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, classic... Uh, classic CRPGs Dragon Quest. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I've... I mean, with a caveat, I wouldn't expect too much from it. It's also rated E for everyone. I mean, not that that's a bad thing or anything like that, but um, you probably won't be getting any too in-depth stories out of it. It's just... I. It's more tongue-in-cheek, I reckon. Yeah. Which is just kind of neat. For five bucks as well. Five US bucks. Yeah, not too bad for the price. Or you can play Rise of the Third Power. <laughs> While I agree with you, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, on the 1st of March, Far Changing Tides. An atmospheric vehicle adventure that follows the emotional journey of a boy and his ship as he embarks on a voyage to find a new home. Sail stormy waters, dive unknown depths, and explore forgotten ruins in a beautifully realized flooded world. Walking simulator was... on the boat. <laughs> There you go. This one was in one of the Indie World presentations. Uh, normally that means it's good, but it's... Uh, Not I, always. There have been some... Yeah, there have been some other like uh, past games that have been highlighted a lot and unfortunately hasn't gone too well i remember summon summer in mara i'm going a bit of a tangent here but summon mara was like highlighted so much by nintendo and oh it was terrible it's absolutely terrible um but yeah far changing tides i'm pretty sure this is part of a series i'm pretty sure there's another far game on the switch yeah, as well I'm, but... I'm reading here uh overcome the elements as new protagonist toe so there you yeah go. this is yeah what a name toe toe the line oh <laughs> uh, your parents must have hated you literally took the words out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> next one we have on the 1st of march is little orpheus so little orpheus is a technicolor side scrolling adventure game inspired by classic movies like flash gordon sinbad and the land that time forgot join our bold yet hapless hero comrade ivan Ivanich, oh geez, as he explores lost civilizations, undersea kingdoms, prehistoric jungles, and lands beyond imagination. Gasp as he battles the subhuman tribe of the Menk and escapes the clutches of dreadful monsters. Cheer as he triumphs over impossible odds and untold dangers in the subterranean worlds. I mean, it looks cool, but some of those names are really difficult to pronounce. Yeah, they're <laughs> Russian. <laughs> yeah, I had to read them. Yeah, I know what Ivan you mean. Ivan There you go, <laughs> correcting you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I know, I said it and I'm, I just sh- I yeah, shook my said, head at myself. You, yeah, it's like, that's clearly wrong. All right, let's just keep going. 
Um, from it, I'm getting kind of um, almost like Donkey Kong Country vibes. Yeah, that's kind of what I had similar. Yeah, and that last screenshot on the Nintendo website kind of gives me ukulele vibes as well. Because there's a but, lot of green. <laughs> a lot of green. A lot of green. But like, yeah, Donkey Kong Country and ukulele impossible there. But it looks pretty good. It's only $13 as well, US. Not too bad. Yeah. Although it always concerns me when like a really nice looking game is cheaper than you expect. It's either going to be an absolute steal or there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So time will tell on that one. Next one. This one. Ah, this one has been a long time coming. Conan Chop Chop on the 1st of March. I interviewed the lead developer. Who's from Adelaide, by the way. Me um, too. Interviewed the lead developer back at PAX 20... I want to say 2019. That was the last one that was a PAX that we had available. Yep. And I remember exactly where we did it. It was like a like an essay booth, specifically like um, done by the South Australian Film Corporation. And this was one of the games they were highlighting, as well as WrestleDunk Studios, if you remember that one. No, not WrestleDunk Sports. Sorry. I kind of remember, Sports. But- don't ask me to say Yeah, that does sound it. familiar. Yeah, it was the one where you had the stick figures and like Pong and like volleyball and wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, I, I remember interviewing him and literally in our interview that's published, I asked, when do you think this is going to be released? And he says, definitely Q1 2020. <laughs> we are now in Q1 Two years later. <laughs> exactly. Two years later, Q1 2020, 2022. 1st of March, so enter the Rathathon, a fiendish challenge created by the evil sorcerer Thothamon to trap the heroes of Hyboria. Crush, kill, and maim your enemies with an arsenal of savage weapons as you and your friends take on the minions of evil. Upgrade your village, upgrade your skills, and upgrade yourself. Seriously, this game will make you a better person. So, it's a twin-stick top-down action-adventure roguelite. Uh, with Conan, yeah, but like set, it's set in the world of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, exactly. Which is hilarious. Uh, did do you guys know about the when this game was initially shown off? Uh, no. So twenty, I think it was twenty nineteen or maybe it was twenty eighteen. They showed off the first trailer, but they deliberately made it really poor, like made made them really bad quality, and uh, framed it as an April Fool's joke. Yeah. So, like, Conan the Barbarian is brand new adventure, um, and then it showed, like, stick figures, but, like, really low quality, um, and then it got a lot of hype, and people actually saying, like, oh, I wish this was an actual game, I wish this was a game, and then at E3, they announced, oh, look, it's a game. So, it was very <laughs> clever fun. marketing. Yeah, very clever marketing behind yeah, this one. Uh, it's like how uh, Yakuza 7 became a thing. It's like, yeah. as an April Fool's joke, they, uh, they made a trailer... Uh, showing off that the next Yakuza game was going to be a turn-based RPG, and people loved it so much they made it. <laughs> That's interesting. So the developers are called Mighty Kingdom, and they have yes. made a lot of mobile games from the looks of it. Like, um, yeah, the Peter Rabbit game. Yeah, so My- Mighty Kingdom, uh, yeah, they're South Australian-based. Um, this, the developer making Conan Chop Chop, though, is... It's his first game. Yeah. 
So he's he's if he falls under the Mighty Kingdom umbrella, but it's not actually the same developers. Yeah, so they've got like a branch and then he's just basically yeah. working with them. Yeah, exactly. They might be helping like with, you know, music and graphics yeah. and like those kind of aspects and whatnot, but um the main the main content, the main bulk of the game is done by the one guy. But yeah, that's finally coming out after many, many delays. Um, it's so much so that people have kind of forgotten about that initial joke. But, <laughs> ah, well. It's we'll a good still joke. be quite soon. It is a good joke. Next one on the 2nd of March, Zombie Rollers Pinball Heroes. The embargo would have lifted for this one. So, Jake, you could probably take this one. Alrighty, so yeah, Zombie Rollers Pinball Heroes is the ultimate mashup of classic pinball and zombie defense with roguelike elements to ensure no tooth playthroughs are ever the same. Shoot, slam, and smash your way through hordes of adorkable zombies in this fusion of pinball, point defense, and zombie horde gameplay. So yeah, I have a review for this, and yeah, like you said, it should be out by the time this is out. Mm. So uh, yeah, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought you it's would. A, it's I a, thought you would. <laughs> Yeah, 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 but like it's it's a mashup of genres I didn't think would work, and I was yeah very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, for sure. It, I love the I love the cell shaded graphics, and like, and it's got a very colorful aesthetic to it, which yeah, I really enjoy. Yeah, it is very colorful. Originally a mobile game, was it? Sorry. Uh yeah, this was this is actually a sequel to the mobile game. Ah, uh, okay. the only reason I know that is because one of the first lines in the game is this is the sequel you should understand things by now <laughs> yeah the, the game's the game's writing is very tongue in cheek that's amazing uh so yeah that one's only 15 US dollars and it has the Jake tick of approval the next one the next one should have Jake's tick of approval as well 3rd of March a musical story so you've been waiting for a little bit for this one. Yeah, I Jake did was a, announced last year. Yeah, I did a joy play of this when the uh, Steam demo of this came out, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. It is like it is a very simple game, but it is like as an experience, it is just phenomenal. Mm. So, a musical story is a rhythm game set against a seventies backdrop. Explore the memories of Gabriel, a young man trying to come to terms with the situation through the connections to his musical memory. Uh, it's a debut game from independent French developer Glitchy Studio. Uh, it's a very heavy color focus, like with like very solid colors covering almost the whole yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, mm. it is. It's, yeah, its whole thing is like it said, seventy, so yeah. it's very heavily inspired by like psychedelic rock yeah yeah that's that's what i was looking for psychedelic yeah that's like what i was you looking can, for you can clearly tell that the uh, main character is uh heavily inspired by like Jimi hendrix yeah for sure and it's it's cool like you, the map is uh the map is like a chapter like point by point when you're riding it in a van like a comedy yeah. van. that's pretty neat it this game has a lot of personality for sure. And that one is on the 3rd of March for 15 US dollars, which is about right for indie games. Last one is Dexter Stardust Adventures in Outer Space. So this one is a 
Uh, a point and click game. It's only 10 US dollars. So space Dexter Stardust barely escapes when the the Vrisians Vrisians inhabit. Sure, uh, I, I mean <laughs> I've played it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, inhabitants of the menacing planet X sent uh, sent a fleet of robots to destroy all life on Earth. Now, twenty years later, a mechanical man from the tenth planet seeks to communicate to Dexter a very important message. He is the key to saving both humans and Vrisians. Play the taco-loving Dexter Stardust as he and his good friend Aurora go on the greatest adventure of their lives and discover the mystery of the robot from the planet X. Hey, so, so I can add a little bit of extra information to this. Um, hmm. So this game has... Every single screen has director's commentary. Ooh. It's actually quite interesting. That could either be really good or really it's bad. It's actually really interesting because he like gives you insight okay. of like you know where he got the story ideas from, or you know how he made the character go down like on a ramp or something, or stuff like this. It's actually very interesting. Oh, that's cool. Um, but in that, he's before, actually before said, you. Oh, yep. Sorry, Nathan. Before you continue with that, I reckon that would be really good for indie developers. Yes. Like to get more of an insight on game development. Especially story-based oh, yes. Uh, he actually didn't program this game. It's through a program that he had no programming to need, like, required for it. Huh. I can't remember. It's a Unity program, but I can't remember exactly what it is. But, um, That's interesting. The thing that it was... Basically, the whole world is based on... Um, I think it's H.G. Wells. Is that the guy who did... Um, That's 1942? Right. Are you thinking, uh, was it George Orwell, nineteen eighty four? Yeah, maybe it is George Orwell. Um, it's one of them that um, basically he wrote a book where each planet had its own ecosystem and like people from it before you know think we knew that planets were just you know gas or rock or whatever. Right. So it uses that as a basis to create the story world. He's like, okay, what if this was actually what happened? So yeah, each planet has its own, you know, ecosystem and own culture and people have like inhabited it and stuff. That's really cool. Yes. And I mean, it clearly does it in a very comedic, almost, almost kind of immature way. Yeah. Um, my only real gripe against it is the voice acting. He's... Obviously, indie developer doesn't have a lot of money to spend on it. It's a lot of family and friends. Uh, okay. So they're uh, not 100%, you know, they're not voice actors. So right. it's a lot of very awkward voice acting. Uh, okay. But it's still relatively good. Especially if you like your point and click games. But like I said, I think the best feature of this game is the director's commentary. That is, and that's such a unique thing yes. to have in a video game. It gives a lot of insight of like how the game was made and all this stuff. I like cool things like that. And again, if you are an indie developer and you're listening to this, I've in that case, I would recommend checking it out because, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's just such a cool thing to do. Like you did, like the developer didn't need to do that. No, he didn't. 
Uh, but that wraps up our indie roundup. We'll next go on to the Patreon question, which was which wasn't supplied by Patreon this time. So it was uh, from Old Nintendo Gamer and Son or at Lundragon uh, underscore UK over on Twitter. Hey, the guys um, that uh, ruined my name that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> so uh, they write, anybody looking forward to Advance Wars and has played the originals? What could Nintendo slash WayForward add in, game mode-wise, to justify the $60 US price tag? It's a long game, and I'll be picking up anyway, but I'm wishing for some deep online elements to be present. Uh, from Nathan, this is all to you. To be honest, from what I've shown, what they've shown off, it's pretty much good at the $60 price tag. Um, it's two full <laughs> games, uh, voice acting on the like the characters, and there is online elements, so... I think it's relatively sold. What kind of online elements? Are uh, from what they've shown, I think it's just like, you know, your multiplayer combats. Okay. Which is what it's, it, which is uh, how Advanced Wars has always had. It's been like a, you know, you guys set, go on a map and you just battle. Those can take a really long time. Yeah. A really long time. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I genuinely, it's, probably worth if you especially if you like your tactics rpg and advanced wars or i've why can't i remember the name for it now <laughs> i because i was excited for it because it was like oh advanced wars is coming back like kind of game but it's not advanced wars and i was now i can't remember it it was the indie one brutal no it's gone <laughs> uh, anyway yeah, it's definitely a game. If you like that genre, it's worthwhile. I mean, I've like as I mentioned earlier, like I'm more of a um, more of a turn based RPG guy more than the more than the tactics. But I've heard so much, so many good things about Advance Wars that I'm gonna have to check it out. And yeah, I I agree that maybe if they just remastered one game, the the price tag would be way too steep, but you're getting two full games yes. in this. So I reckon I reckon the price tag is is justified in that way. And like you said, voice acting was a major inclusion as well. Yeah, the the fact that it has voice acting is really neat to include. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wargroove. Uh I like Wargroove. That was good. That's very much uh Advanced Wars. Yeah, I remember. That was good. But it has the uh, commander aspect where they're actually on the field. Yeah, I should I should play Wargrove again. That was that was a good game. The, I'm pretty sure it's on the Game Pass. Oh, well, there we go. I, I, I might be wrong, it. but I'm pretty sure I saw it on the Game Pass. If it is, I might re-download and get my, get my feel because I'll probably get bored yeah. after a couple of hours because I've already played it. Yeah. So <laughs> I just need that, that rush. They're like, oh, I remember it. Now I want to play it for a little bit. That's it. Jake, do you have any, any comments on Advance Wars coming up? Uh, I haven't really played any of the Advance Wars games. Well, actually, I played Days of Ruin on stream a while back. You've played more than that. Yeah, much to Nathan's dismay. But um, yeah, I, I'd be interested in picking this up. I, I'd totally say the uh, 60 bucks is worth it. Yeah. Just from what I've seen. The one that yeah, I was yeah, voted for like eight months for. 
<laughs> uh, you have the worst luck when it comes to my viewers' choice stuff. For reference, uh, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, I've been voting for over a year at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. when's that going to happen? He nearly got it last time, but uh, one of my regulars came in and sabotaged Again. it. Again. Nah. <laughs> he has Every done this time. so many times. <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> just like, oh, every time it comes up, okay, time to just copy and paste. <laughs> um. So last bit, everyone's favorite part of the podcast, and we all missed it. Uh, name that game. Hey, we did it in episode 27. Oh, yeah. What game did you do? I don't remember. What game did we do? Oh yeah, because yeah, I was you guessing. Were guessing. Remember? And Jake My God, it feels like a lifetime ago. What with everything that's happened since then. What game was I'm it? I'm looking for my file <laughs> because I can't remember. I. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's Jake, what, Jake got it. That's, that's what it was. right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I got yeah. it. <laughs> that was that was a good one. I remember that yeah. was a good one. Uh, but if you if you are unfamiliar with name that game, so basically I have a game. These guys have to guess it. Uh, there'll be ten hints in total. They have five guesses. Uh, so two they can do two between hints one and five, two between six and nine, and then one final uh, guess after the final hints. There are two lifelines as well, so they can ask a yes or no question. Uh, they'll do that first, and then afterwards there is a switchable lifeline, which is a hint provided by our writer in the uk steve thank you steve he's the most consistent when it comes to them um so he's he's been on many many podcast episodes but in very short chunks but let's start it with the first five hints i've got uh this game launched on nintendo switch as a timed console exclusive in september 2020 it is an action roguelite the developer was founded in 2009 uh, they've released a total of four games. And this game, according to howlongtobeat.com, the main story goes for roughly 21 and a half hours, but for completionists, it takes 95.5 hours. Hades. I hate when you get it. Well, you away. said timed exclusive <laughs> and action RPG. Action, action roguelike. Action roguelike. I hate it when and you get it straight away. It's not fun. 2020. Yeah, you probably would have got it from the next hint as well. The Switch version has a 93 on Metacritic. 93? Yeah, it's a really solid game. It is so good. Yeah, but at uh, least from... I didn't have to do anything this you week. You say you hate <laughs> it, but we've been recording for two hours. Yeah, it probably, <laughs> probably is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so the other hints from December 2018 to December 2019, the early access build was an Epic Games Store exclusive. Ooh. Oh, that would have given it away. Oh, I didn't. Okay. That was news to me. Uh, The game is played from an isometric view and was nominated for nine awards at the 2020 Game Awards and won two of them. And lastly, inspired by Greek mythology. Yeah. Overall, pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, But yeah, I think Hades was like one of the first games to be like an Epic Games exclusive. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Followed by Borderlands. Yeah, I, I believe like yeah, the uh the beta for Hades was like one of the first like big things on the platform. Huh. The more you know. 
But that wraps up episode 28 of the Switchaboo podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And also thank you to my co-host and uh, and Jake as well for joining me each and every episode. I really do appreciate it. And I'm sure it's and the good for that hijack. consistency for everyone. And the episodes <laughs> you hijack as well. I do, oddly enough, I do appreciate that as well. Um, but you can always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Switchaboo News. We have pinned to the top of our Twitter page is our Discord, which you can join and hang out with us there. There's also our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash switchaboo and .com slash switchaboo joyplays. And lastly, we have our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash switchaboo, which, like we mentioned, for just $1 per month, for a measly $1 per month, you can get this podcast two to three days early. The price of less than a coffee a month. Less? Well, that's like a... That's like a quarter of a coffee a month. So, that's so cheap. You may as well be doing it. You may as well. But thank you everyone for listening and remember to have fun. So long. See ya.